Welcome to Beyond Your Limits, The Invisible Side of Things. Today, I'm going to talk about relationships and the ideas that people have around relationships being hard work. I don't think that relationships are hard work. I think that understanding ourselves is the hard work. And then if you can't understand yourself, you would have a difficult time understanding another. So I listen to Robert Sapolsky a lot. He's a Stanford University professor of neuroscience. And I listen to a lot to Joe Dispenza. I've read all of Robert Sapolsky's books. And what I have gleaned from the work that he's done and many other scientists have done, and people such as uh, BKS Iyengar, really, uh, and that's from a spiritual standpoint, really understanding self, understanding the human being, the mind, and the body, and the spiritual, and the spirit and soul, and how everything works together. And human beings are this fascinating menagerie of conscious and unconscious experiences. And that's comprised of neural networks or neural responses that are so absolutely subtle that you can't really understand how and why we do what we do and why we do it. Like, why did that person do that? And we think that we know only to find out there's some change and this person did it for another reason. Psychologists and behaviorists and neuroscientists find that everybody is an individual. And so relationships to me are not really the hard work. Understanding self is the hard work. And I think that the concept that relationships are hard really plagues a lot of people in society that are in relationships and are attempting to have a relationship or find someone that's someone special. And I know that there's a little kernel of truth in all of this statement, but what does hard work mean anyway in a relationship? And how can you know when you're putting effort into a relationship? And how do you know that that relationship is worthwhile? And how do you know, oh God, am I just beating a dead horse or am I keeping something alive that I should have let die a long time ago? How do we tell these differences? And so with all of the relationship catchphrases and philosophies, and you've heard me podcast about them, gaslighting, love languages, attachment theory, ghosting, breadcrumbing, paper clipping. It's just flat out abandonment. It's people not either A, being able to be in a relationship, or maybe something doesn't feel right. They don't want to commit. They want to be single. Maybe they don't know. They haven't been honest with themselves. Maybe they don't feel it's good for them, whatever it may be. And maybe they just have attachment problems. And maybe their love love language is not being understood by you. But I've read about them. I've listened to stories from clients. And Everything is is self-taught, I think. The self-taught experts that are really well-versed in this lingo, nobody has the answer. And so to add insult to injury, there's information out there that's being released that alleges dating apps, especially paid dating apps, are making fake profiles to keep people engaged. And then they ghost the people to keep them paying. If you get a hey and then they bail, 
a lot of times this is somebody that has a fake profile. And if they remove their profile suddenly after weeks of talking to you, fake profile. If they take too long to meet up or get vague and they won't get on a phone call with you or they don't want to do a Zoom call, it's a fake profile. So as an aside, please be aware of these things. So, And that just adds another complication because we become hyper aware. Is this real? And that's the stuff that we're thinking in our heads. One of the ways I think to mitigate this, if you are on a dating app, is to get into the presence of the person on a Zoom call as soon as you can. You don't have to get into the presence of the person physically because that in itself adds another interesting to dimensions. Okay. I mean, dimensions to meeting somebody and, oh my God, what does this mean? All right. So back to the relationships. When two people click and they connect and they have a mutual attraction, what I find is they support each other. They're consistent in their communication. They respect each other's boundaries. They know what the other person's boundary is. They have talked or they can feel their way into the vibe of the other person and they know you know that could possibly hurt their feelings that's not their what you would call love language they're sensitive to things like that and they find another way to communicate that's the connection that's the click you know conflict is talked about and it's quickly resolved And you know how that other person feels about your words and your actions. You see, healthy relationships are built on mutual respect and admiration. So are relationships difficult? No. Not unless you're feeling or the other person is feeling they're not getting their needs met from their partner. And some sort of communication between the two people solves things like that. It may take a mental and a behavioral and a habit change. And it would be something that you would want to do because you want to be in the relationship. You want to understand the other person's boundaries. You want to respect the other person's boundaries and have yours respected too. That's a support where we support each other and our dreams and our desires. And when you support someone, you respect them. So on the contrary, toxic relationships are relationships that don't work. They don't have to have the word toxic. It's typically comprised of two people who don't support each other, where they're in constant conflict. And there's jealousy and there's undermining and there's one upping and they do things purposely to irritate the person or trigger them or piss them off by saying, fine, I'm going to turn around. I'm not going to talk to them for three days and I'm going to go out with somebody else. That is, that's what creates the toxicity that somebody is not invested enough in the relationship to say, let's work this out. And instead, they punish. They hurt the other person. And they try and bind them up. And this is where relationships become very dysfunctional. That is not supporting and listening to what the other person is feeling, what the other person's needs, wants, and desires are. 
and helping the other person understand what yours are. And then you come together and there's this really nice cohesiveness between the two people. When you're in a relationship like that, you don't feel that the other person has your back. It's that simple. They don't support you. There is a competitiveness and there is a one-upmanship and they're going to hurt you and they're going to harm you because you hurt them and they aren't able to express how you hurt them or they were just triggered. Maybe you didn't hurt them, but they perceived it that way. And then you're left in the lurch feeling abandoned and God only knows what's going to come up for you, but you know what I'm talking about. And so when you have two people who are trying to win something or be on top, I get what I want and you don't get what you want, or you don't get what you get what I'm saying. I'm not going to give you what you want. And the other person says, well, I'm not going to give you what you want. So if it comes from a place of win-lose, somebody wins and somebody loses, there's going to be pain. It's going to hurt. And does this sound familiar to you? Are your relationships like this? And you think, okay, so what you're going to tell me is get out of the relationship. I'm actually going to tell you that you need to look within yourself. So many people have this happen. I've had this happen. And this is where relationships and hard work come in. And it gets really dirty because both people have to want it badly enough to make it work, to understand each other, to connect. And that can take time. And the very first thing you have to do is look at your own reactions because your reactions determine the next step. If you don't react to the other person one-upping you, that person isn't going to feel the resistance and they're not going to get their heroin fix because that literally is a fix. There are chemicals that are released where the person feels like they got you, they're on top. You know because you've done it too or you wouldn't be in a relationship like this. So you have to ask this question, is there something wrong in this relationship Or is there something going on within me? Is there something wrong in the way? And wrong isn't a good word, but what is the way in which I'm reacting? And how does that feeling make me feel? What is that reaction causing me to feel? So what happens in your relationship when you succeed? Because in a troubled relationship, you're going to find that any sort of success or happiness or seeing your granny or spending time with your family and not including that person, possibly getting a promotion, losing 10 pounds, making a commitment to run a 5K or join the gym or take up sailing lessons or whatever it is that you want to do that winds up being a win for you. Maybe you got a new car and you feel really good about that. I'll tell you, any success creates a problem in the relationship and they can be ever so subtle. It's a jealousy that you feel and they feel undermined because they're reacting from their old relationship either issues that they've had in the past, the way that they were treated when they were children. There's so many different ways to go about looking at this. But here's what you need to know. If your dreams and goals are not supported, and as you attempt to pursue your ambitions, 
You're made to feel really guilty and you're not prioritizing the relationship in every moment. I know specifically, God, hundreds of relationships, people that I counsel, people that I read for, people that I coach who deal with the other party always saying, I should come first. And they never said that the relationship wasn't a priority. But the very first thing that should be a priority is yourself, just as the other person should be a priority for themselves. Because when you know it's important to you, you don't have a problem attracting the right person. For example, one of your priorities would be to be in a relationship with somebody who has the same mindset or energy or goals that you do and will support your goals and achievements and successes or, or attempts at getting ahead or getting ahead, and you will support them. You see, it's not taking away from the relationship, it's adding to it. And when you achieve something and somebody feels like you're taking away instead of adding to it, you need to find a way to say, hey, wait a second, this is really important to me. And I want you to participate in this. And sometimes we have to look at the fact that we, uh, you know, sometimes can really shut down and we can hoard that to ourselves and we don't realize that the other person maybe feels left out. That's different. And they'll say to you, well, I don't feel like you're allowing me in. Then you have to talk about that. And you have to pay attention to the fact that this was so important to you that maybe you're not thinking about them. Maybe you're just feeling so good that you're not allowing them to participate in that. And what you want to pay attention to is, do you feel that your partner prefers it when you're weak? Does your partner see that belittling you actually puts you in a state of mind that makes them feel superior? This is very toxic. So if your success threatens the relationship from their perspective, they're going to say things like, you don't love me anymore. And then you might feel guilty for achieving anything in your life. And you might find that your parents did this when you were a kid. You'd come home, you would tell them something really wonderful that happened, you would show them the A+, you would show them your artwork, you would show them your science project, and actually they belittled you for achieving something in your life. You see, when you're experiencing this, the problem is your relationship. It's not you. The problem with you is, is that you're ex accepting it. And that has to be looked at. That has to be analyzed. And you don't ever want to defer your dreams so that somebody else feels better, so that you mitigate some sort of a disaster that's going to happen in your relationship. You're only being held hostage. And if you're always feeling like you're the problem, the issue is you're in a relationship that is toxic and you have to ask yourself why. When we show any sort of strength or independence, and that is met with some sort of a complaint by your par partner. They're feeling threatened by your growth, and you need to check yourself too. 
Do you feel threatened when your partner is growing and feels a sense of independence and strength? Are you afraid your partner's going to leave or find somebody better? Do you belittle them? Do you find very passive aggressive ways to undermine them? And what we find out is that we wind up A, we put ourselves down, B, they put themselves down, or we put each other down. And so what happens is, is the weakness becomes the other person's strength. And so the other person starts to feel badly and they start to feel manipulated. And this is a really inauthentic sense of power. That's not real power. So this is just the pawn in the game. You see, one thing that I know because I've experienced is environment is everything. That's why it's so important to keep your home uncluttered, to keep your home meticulously clean or as clean and organized as you can. And you, I learned this through the practice of yoga and the spiritual practice of the two most important mentors in my life. Making your bed first thing they always taught me was the most important thing. Because at least you can say you did something that day and you took care of it. So when you walk into your bedroom, you remember, I made my bed this morning. I did something good. And when you get in at night, you remember, at least I did that. And that was just something really small as an aside that they taught me. Keeping things in order, wiping your kitchen down, cleaning your house, once a week, making sure that you vacuum your house, make sure that the dust is cleaned up because your environment is a representation of what's happening in your mind and in your heart and in your energy field. Your circumstances that you find yourself in in your life are a direct result of the people and the energy that surrounds you, including your home environment. You know, brush your dog, brush your cat, Keep them clean, feed them well, feed yourself well, pay attention to what's going on. You know, it doesn't matter how self-assured you are, it's going to be affected by your primary relationship, by the environment that you find yourself in. Primary relationship can be your best friend. It can be your boss, it can be your parents, it can be your brother, your sister, your aunt, your cousin, whatever it may be. And the I think that one of the greatest factors in determining the course of our lives are who we choose to spend our time with and our environment that we spend our time with. Think about that. Toxic relationships, friendships, lovers, even family members erode your self-confidence and they damage your ability to feel good about yourself. They damage your ability to make really great choices and they damage what's good for you to make a choice based on what's good, what's in my best interest. As kids that grew up around parents that made them walk on eggshells, they'll choose relationships where you walk on eggshells. Look at that. How do you feel when you're in the presence of your boss or the people that you work with? Do you feel like you're walking on eggshells? And you may have to evaluate and analyze that. You may or may not actually have to feel like you're walking on eggshells. It could be that it's you that is bringing that to the environment 
or it could be the other person and you're triggering each other. You know, do you have to be careful of what you say? Can you not express yourself the way that you want to? Do you always feel like, oh my God, I'm going to, if I said something wrong and then you want to go crawl under that rock. So you need to start asking yourself, what, what does your environment feel like? And is it you? Is it what you're bringing? Or is it actually the environment? And any time that you want to make a change and you want to talk about something that you need, are you met with somebody that shuts you down? Do they become aggressive? Or is that you? Do you have a problem with being assertive? Do you have a problem with assertiveness? Always check yourself. Eventually, what we find is we think, okay, I'm going to wait for the perfect day or the perfect moment to share what's important to me. And you know what happens? That perfect moment can get ruined by a reaction from the other person. If you don't feel comfortable enough saying to somebody, hey, you know, I really am starting to feel like there is some conflict here, for example, in a workplace, and you get a third party such as a superior or a boss, and you sit down and go, I really want to talk about this, because I want to make sure that our work environment is really positive and healthy for everybody. And if there's something that I'm doing, or you might have to be really uncomfortable and say, you know, it feels like this is what's happening when I have to talk to you about this. And so can we talk about that a little bit more? And you don't have to dim the conversation. You don't have to dim your hopes and your dreams and the questions that you have and talking about things that are really important to you or things that are mundane and you don't have to feel like, oh my God, I said the wrong thing and and it was harmless and you still feel like you need to crawl under a rock. You start to think, why should I talk? Why say anything? And then that just shuts your energy down. The other person feels that. Everybody feels that. And pretty soon, what do we have? Everybody shuts down. It's a lose-lose situation. It's toxic. But I'll tell you, environment, that's the most important thing. What are you bringing to the environment yourself? What is your environment look at, look like? Look around you if you're at work. Look what's at your desk. Look what's in your cubicle. Clean the office up if you have to. Get other people involved in that. Look at your home environment. What is the first thing you see when you walk in the house? What does your couch look like? If you don't have a couch, what does your bed look like? If you don't have a bed, what what does it look like? The thing that you sleep on. Look at that. And the things that you haven't used in a year that you're probably never going to use or wear, get rid of them. Give them to somebody that can use them. Give them to the goodwill. So when you're coming to the table with somebody in a relationship and you're trying to compromise, what's wrong with saying, hey, I'd really like to talk to you about some things around here. For example, let's talk about environment. You know, I'm really working hard to start picking up things around the house so that we can have a cleaner environment because I know it's better for our mental and emotional well-being. What are you met with with your partner? Pay attention to that. You might have to, you know, negotiate a little bit with them and you might have to take that on for yourself and then maybe they'll take something on for themselves that's important to them. In your work environment, same thing. Hey, do you think that we could work together on this? 
talk to the person, see what they're saying. You see, relationships aren't really work if we feel that we can express ourselves, if we can have a conversation, if we're feeling that we're not being one-upped, we feel like there's a flow. And so we have to work at these things because our relationships are an outer reflection of who we are. And there are times when you are, are at a job and your environment has the worst, heaviest energy. And it, that will affect you. And those environments, you need to think about getting out of. You can try and you can work with it. But if you can't keep your energy up, you need to think about leaving. That's really important because I do know that environment means everything. So does attitude. And so if the attitudes of the people around you are really dark and your attitude isn't adequate to raise the vibration and the energy around you, you need to think about that. Work from home has been really great for people because of that. So I want you to pay attention. Do you make people feel badly or do other people make you feel badly? Do people intentionally try and escalate the situation so that you can't resolve it? Or can you find ways to easily resolve things? You see, it doesn't matter if your problem is big or small. What matters is the dynamic. Are we being kind? Are we feeling threatened? And pay attention to that. Because when we start to have these kind of interactions with people that are the tit for tat, it erodes trust. And so not arguing or not having conflict is also a little bit unrealistic. Okay, because you can't expect two people who are constantly working together or living together to not have some sort of conflict. The truth is the way in which we're going to resolve the conflict. How are we going to bring it up to the other person? You see, I think relationships are not work. I think that they require attention and I think they require the right mindset, and an effort for us to be the best person that we can be. I don't think the work in a relationship is supposed to be arduous. It's not supposed to be like climbing Mount Whitney. It's supposed to be something where two people have worked on themselves and they care and they support each other. Just like the people that we work with, they might not be your cup of tea, but you still work for them and with them. And when we look to try and find the gift that they bring to our lives, that's exactly what you're going to find, a gift. If we keep looking at, oh my God, you know, the food that they cook in the microwave, God, it stinks. How can people eat like that? That, you know, it's not your business. Bring some Glade. Do something like that. Try and understand the person. Be self-compassionate and be compassionate with others. Compromising should feel comfortable because we're each looking to make the environment better. And the more that you try and you can say, the other person just won't do it. They're just, I'm struggling up against them. They just want to be negative and nasty. Your job is to continue to bring your best self. And if you're in a relationship with somebody like that, a romantic or an intimate relationship like that, it's going to dismantle all the work that you're doing. It's going to frustrate you. It's like living with a gaslighter. Some things are supposed to be easy. 
Relationships, all relationships are a place of growth where we can find better versions of ourselves because we scrutinize ourselves. We ask ourselves what's going on. We have to be kind and gentle with ourselves, not afraid of our emotions and what comes up, but what's under that emotion and why you're feeling that. If you see yourself having the same patterns over and over again, nobody likes you. Why do people always talk to me like this? Why is my life like this? Why do I always find people that can't handle me? You need to look at that because you're choosing that because you're either used to it or that's your habit and pattern or that's your vibration or that's your underlying emotion or that's where you're comfortably uncomfortable. If you don't want that, then you have to change that. That will change your vibration. Relationships are a place where we can take flight in our lives. They're supposed to give us wings so that we can accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish, where somebody has our back, where they support us. And that means that we support them too. It's You will know that person loves you back because we deserve so much more in this lifetime than what we bring to the table in our relationships and what we get in our relationships because we think this is the way it's supposed to feel. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to struggle. That's what relationships are. Relationships are not like that at all. If we come to a relationship bringing our best self, where the other person is bringing their best self, and you will always be a work in progress of what that best self is. But choose somebody that has your back because you have your own back and because you have what it takes to have another person's back, even when you don't agree with them. You know that that's what they want. And that's tough because that's where we want to manipulate and control and undermine and do these little things that are really not fair to the other person. That's what erodes relationships. What keeps relationships going is constantly bringing your best self. And sometimes your best self might be a train wreck mess, but you're your best self when you're the train wreck mess because you're saying, I know I'm not having a good day today. I still love you. I have your back. Just give me a moment. That's how we keep our relationships healthy. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening. And remember to make the world a better place and understand relationships are not work. We're the actual work.